Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Okay, before we meet our guest, I have to tell you about the app that has helped me get into the Word every single day. Dwell is a Bible app I've just totally fallen in love with. Their mission is inspired by the psalmist who admonishes us in Psalm 119 to hide the Word of God in our hearts. Dwell has built the most beautiful listening and reading experience for the scriptures. I personally listen to Dwell first thing in the morning when I sit down at my desk and I do some prayer journaling. And currently, I'm going through the beloved listening plan And I'm just loving the way that this allows me to get into the Word every day in a way that's specific to how I learn best. I set a reminder on my phone to pop up so I can easily just open the app and hop into my listening plan. I also love that they have scripture playlists, like ones based on mood, so you can find something from the Lord no matter what you're feeling. One of the coolest things about Dwell is their new read-along experience. And if you've ever seen Apple Music's lyrics feature, then that's exactly what you can expect from read-along with Dwell. Gorgeous backgrounds, big bold text that scrolls as the narrator reads to you. I'm telling you, you've got to try it and I think you're going to love it. So go to dwellapp.io forward slash wildconfidence to get 10% off of a yearly subscription or 33% off of Dwell for Life. Emily is a certified life coach, wife, and mom. Her coaching business and podcast are focused on helping Christians improve themselves physically, mentally, and spiritually in order to live life with intention. When she isn't chasing her toddlers or working, she is usually tied up in a book or sneaking chocolate from the pantry. Let's hop into our conversation with Emily. Emily, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast. How are you? I'm doing good, Ainsley. It's so good to be on the show today and talk to you. I have been looking forward to just having a conversation. I know. I love that we are, I mean, we're virtual friends, but I still feel like we kind of know each other. Yes, totally. (laughs) We jive together. (laughs) Yeah, we posted some clubhouse rooms. We are Insta friends. And I was actually on your podcast, The Thought Vault. Yes. Love it. So fun. So I'm really excited for you to share a little bit about um, your story today and just encourage everyone who's listening because I know you have some awesome things to say but before we jump in there was something that you posted recently that this is a rogue question a rogue uh, conversation that we're gonna go on for a second but I don't want to leave it out because you posted this and I thought it was just so good and you said this you said we can be committed to our dreams and our excuses but not at the same time yes What inspired you to say that? I love that. That was so good. Well, so, okay. So my kind of shtick is like the whole mindset thing. And I know for myself and maybe, you know, the listeners can relate to this. I have these big dreams. I have goals, you know, even small ones, but I have these things that I'm trying to do each week, you know, to push that needle forward and accomplish what I want to accomplish. But I also find sometimes I just keep repeating the same bad habits, like sitting down in the evening when I could be getting in a a couple extra minutes of work while the kids are asleep. I have two toddlers. And so for me to like manage my time, I have to like a lot of times stay up late because that's like good time. I can just focus and get things done. 
But instead of doing that, I was finding myself like binge watching TV, right? And then yeah. I go onto the to the trap of thinking, oh my gosh, I just don't have time. Like there's no way I can reach this goal because I don't, I don't have the time. Right. And that's the lie mm-hmm. I keep telling myself. I don't have the time. And so when I posted that the other day, it just, it just hit me <laughs> when I was like, okay, wait, I do have the time because I've established good habits and I've made, I've made changes to help myself get to where I want to go or to establish a new habit or reach that goal. But right now I'm just feeding the lie. I'm more committed to this lie that I don't have the time because every night this week, instead of working on this project, I know I want to get done. I've literally been sitting and binge watching Netflix at night. Like that's an excuse. And I've been very committed to it. I've just committed to being excited at the end of my day to just go binge watch TV instead of really working on some things that I know I do truly want to get done over just binge watching TV. So I wanted to put that out there if anyone else is struggling with that, because it's like, I think it's just a time to take inventory and be like, okay, am I committed to my goals or am I more committed to my excuses? Because what am I doing every day is are my excuses outweighing what I know in my heart I really want to be working on so just trying to encourage people to stay committed to those goals and the dreams that you have and not allow those excuses to become your commitments and you being more excited to go home and binge watch tv hey I like a good tv show I'm not gonna (laughs) hate on it but I have to rein it in and I have to be conscious of it if I really want to achieve those things that I want to achieve yeah. And it's like, you know, um, so I teach a workout class, it's called Legree and there's, it's, it's not everywhere and not a lot of people know about it, but I don't know the about point, that. It sounds yeah. Cool. It's kind of like Pilates, <laughs> but it's a little bit harder, but during the, whenever I'm teaching, I always say like, there's two barriers, the mental and the physical. I want you to push through the mental, but stop at the physical. Like whenever you feel like you're, you, you mentally, like you can push through a mental barrier, yeah, but whenever totally. your body really wants to give up, then you need to give it a break and right. you know, then go back into it. So it sounds like that's, that can be applied here too. It's like yes. push through the mental barrier, but stop whenever you actually do need rest exactly. and listen yep. to your body and listen to the things that it needs. Um, Love because that. I think we do, we fall into that mental trap so much mm-hmm. yeah. and that's what limits us. Yeah, it's so true. It's so easy because like you said, I mean, we, we just have that battle of, of our flesh and our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind wants to keep us in the same old habits that we've had. So unless we disrupt those habits, we're not really going to see that change that we want. So I love that example of the mental barrier and the physical barrier. That's great because yeah sometimes we have to rest we got to listen to our bodies or else they're just going to give out (laughs) right right and and whenever we do kind of fall into that um I don't know binging Netflix kind of habit are I find that when I do that my confidence decreases Mm -hmm. like I get less confident in my work because I'm not prioritizing it. And if I'm not prioritizing it, then who else is going to think that it's important? Exactly. Exactly. And then you just get into that other spiral of like, I'm just never, I'm not going to get this done or I can't get this done or I'm just not good at this. And so it just, it ends up taking a life of its own and kind of like that snowball effect where Mm. the snowball is small, but it just needs a little momentum to get going and then it just gets bigger. So if we can nip those limiting or those excuses or those limiting beliefs that we have in the bud, like 
quickly, um, we can get back on track a lot easier. But at any point, you can change the game for yourself. You just have to force it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you just got to yeah. do it. Yeah, that's right. That's it. So it, it sounds like you've found a good, I don't know, mantra to stand by or, or uh, groove in in this work um, idea of being committed to our dreams and not our excuses. But I'm wondering, like, have you had a time where you just couldn't and where your confidence was, where you had just lost it or where it just wasn't where it should be? And if so, can you share that story with us? Definitely. So a little backstory to me is that I have been someone who has suffered um, with OCD, anxiety, and depression. So oh, wow. sometimes they coincide. And it, for those of you who don't know what OCD is, it's obsessive compulsive disorder. And so without giving my whole history, but I'm going to highlight a couple points just to show um, some examples here. So uh, when I was in elementary school, um, OCD can come on due to stress. It can also be a, like caused by a traumatic event, or you can just be more dispositioned to it, like born with a tendency to have OCD-like tendencies. So for mm. me, I learned about pinworms. Pinworms are gross. <laughs> pinworms yeah. are microscopic little worms. And I learned about them in the third grade and don't know why. I don't know why that came to light in my life, but it did. And when I heard about pinworms, it was like this little trigger bolt went off and I was deathly afraid of germs because pinworms can get under your fingernails without you knowing and you can like eat your food and then have pinworms and so the hand oh. washing ensued from that yeah it's very disturbing so in my third year third grade brain for me it was just like sometimes you have those things where they're just ingrained in your brain or it's like a light switch turned on and you're mm -hmm. like aware of it all of a sudden so I just all of a sudden, I mean, I had been taught like watch your hands and stuff. I knew what germs were, but it was like that learning about that triggered something. And so I compulsively washed my hands um, through elementary school. And that doesn't sound like a big deal, but when I'm having to go to the bathroom almost every 10 minutes to wash my hands, that's when it wow. became a problem. And it was, um, it was exhausting. And I would come home crying from school to every every day because I was just mentally worn out of being scared of touching everything. So I had all these little ways that I would like not touch. I always wore long sleeve shirts so that I could cover my fingers to like touch light, light switches or doorknobs or whatever papers. Um, because when you're a kid, like in school, you're sharing so many things and you're sitting yeah. at a desk across from people. So if someone like bumped into me, I, it literally just felt like my arm was on fire. Like I had this tingling sensation, like I have to go wash this off. They have germs. I don't want germs. So that was my yeah. first um, experience with OCD. And it kind of would manifest over time into different triggers. Um, and so when I left for college, I'll just fast forward. So I dealt with that off and on. Um, and when I left for college, I was not anticipating being homesick, but I went away to college. I was about two and a half hours away from home, which really is not that far. But um, I went away to college. And I think because I felt out of control, because I was so homesick, my OCD just, I mean, went bananas. Came back. Yeah, um, and it was horrible, because a lot of people with OCD, um, it's, it spirals into anxiety, which it would for me, because 
there's this weird guilt and shame associated with OCD because you don't want people to pick up on you having this like tick, so to speak. And so you would try to hide it. And so for me, um, when I got to, to college, it manifested into disordered eating where it wasn't so much like I didn't eat or I had a problem with eating food, but I became obsessed with having to eat the same exact food at the same exact time every single day. And it was like, if I couldn't eat the exact same thing, then I would just skip that meal, which clearly isn't healthy, right? And so then that would um, manifest into just terrible anxiety about it. And I spent a lot of nights crying and um, trying to hide my issue with eating. And then another tick that came along with that, it sounds so odd. And I can laugh about it now, but in the time it was just terrible. But I had this weird... Um, secondary tick where I had to adjust my hip and I don't know how to describe it other other than like if someone bumped into me I would have to push on my hip if I had pants on that were too tight and were pulling on me I just wouldn't wear those pants or if I was wearing them and they started pulling my hip in a weird way I would have to like rub my hip the side of my hip and it sounds so ridiculous but this is how these mental situations can sometimes manifest you just literally feel like you don't have control and so like if I'm in a hallway and someone bumps into me I would have to stop right there and like I would just call it adjusting my hip and so I would be trying to hide it all the time all the time too because you're you may not realize how many times your hip gets touched during the day but it does it's ridiculous but um and it was just exhausting so between my schedule with eating, having to adjust my hip all the time, I was just utterly um, defeated and mentally very unhealthy my freshman year of college. And it some of that lasted until about my junior year of college. And um, it was exhausting. And I was angry. I just remember feeling like angry. And I even during that time, I, I, I would not have said, like, if someone was asking me about college, hey, how are you enjoying college? My response was always, it's okay, but I'm just really ready for it to be over. Like I just didn't, I couldn't be joyful over it because I just felt like all day I was just trying to manage, manage what I was eating, what time I was eating. And then just having this like weird thing that I was trying to hide, this adjusting my hip thing. And so I lost a lot of confidence in that time in my life. And I was exhausted to the point where, you know, my mom was extremely concerned and she was like, you know, are we going to have to pull you out of school? Like, are you going to have to move back home? You know, we need to get this under control. It's just it's debilitating you. And so at that point, I just knew, like, I I can't live like this every day. I just, I mm-hmm. couldn't do it. Um, And it was causing me to have just terrible anxiety in general, just being away from home. I just would start manifesting these things, like something's going to happen to my brother when he gets in, a, he was in high school at the time. And I was so scared that he was going to die in a car accident. And so oh. I would have this like weird thing where I would have to like call and like check on mom, check with my mom, like, is Luke home yet? And, um, and I was just so worried, like something was going to happen because I wasn't at home. And so all that to say, it just came to a head when I was just literally like crying every single night myself to sleep because I was just so tired of being in this prison that basically I created for my life to exist in. It just felt like a prison. And so that's when I really started 
really just relying on God to help me understand how does my mind work. I didn't have an aversion to like getting on medicine if I needed that, but I had this desire initially, like I wanted to try to do it, to do it without needing that intervention, but I wasn't opposed to it. So my whole thing was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a few months to try to get this under control. And if that doesn't work, then I'll go see a doctor. Cause at the time my mom was like, I think we, you need to like make an appointment. And she was, you know, encouraging me to do, to do that. So I just started to like head first dive into studying how our mind works and trying to figure out what could I do to help, like help myself get control of my brain. Because I, I had enough understanding, like my brain is just for lack of a better example, like in a hamster wheel, right? It's like, I just felt like this hamster that was like, just running, 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 running and going nowhere and nothing was getting easier or better. And so for me, that really started my introduction into understanding what God made our brains to do and how could I, how could I lean into that and really start to improve my situation? Because it was horrible. (laughs) It was just horrible. Okay, I'm going to tell you something that I'm kind of obsessed with. Jess Connolly told me about it, and I'm not ever turning back for sure. It's called Newly. Basically, you subscribe and rent any six styles of clothes every month for 88 bucks. You get fast, free shipping and returns. There's no hidden fees, and you can pause or cancel at any time. I got to tell you, I, my favorite thing there is the free people dresses, and I have a referral code for you if you go to ainsleybritton.com forward slash links to get $10 off of your first box. I mean, that like, whenever you think about the mind and how powerful it is, I mean, it just can do the craziest things. Yeah. Yeah. Like it can, can convince you of, of, you know, these, um, germs that can, you know, take over and it's, yeah. it's a real thing. Like these are real fears and real, they become truths, right? right? They become, they become, uh, just overwhelming. And yeah. okay. So how on earth was there like a turning point or a moment of impact that like helped you heal or what, how did you get over that? Or how, what yes. does this look like? Well, so, so at the time, so my husband and I actually went to college at the same college and we dated through college. And I just remember him telling me, like us just talking and he's like, you just seem so sad and angry and upset, like most of the time. Mm. (laughs) And I wholeheartedly loved him. And so to hear, and I knew that he wholeheartedly loved me. And so to hear him say that, just use those words to describe me. I'm like, this is not healthy. Like, this is not good that someone that loves me and has been with, been with me and knows my personality can see that I'm just like, because I think too, um, having the constant need to like, these weren't things that people could see about me. Like if people couldn't see, I had like an OCD or anxious problem. Right. And so yeah. it was really like catalyst, a catalyst of me just pretending to be okay when I was just falling apart on the inside. And so for me, when he like set me down, I was like, no, like you're angry. You seem upset. You know, he could pick up on that. And I knew like, it was just a matter of time before other people that, you know, loved me and, and my family were 
they were concerned, but I was still, I was away from home and I could kind of placate them, you know, oh yeah, today was a good day. And then like get off the phone and like cry. Right. And they didn't know. So for him, like, I think that was a major turning point is hearing him tell me like, no, I know, like, you're not hiding it from me. You seem basically miserable. And so Mm. I was just like, I, I don't, I don't want to be miserable. And I was so tired of having to navigate all of that. And so I remember just after that conversation, I like went home and I just got up my, got out my Bible and I just held it. I, I wasn't reading it, but I just held it. And I just remember just sitting on my floor and just praying and just crying and just asking God to help me manage this and help me get control of my thoughts. Because I knew that everything that I was experiencing was a cause of me having this, this mental problem. And so, um, and so in the, in that time, you know, I wouldn't say like all of a sudden he's just was like, okay, you're better. Like go about your business. And I felt great after that. It was just, uh, an understanding of God's like you, he gave me this sense of peace and hope and was like, you know, I've got you. Like it's, you're going to be okay. And that's really the feeling that I had. And so in with that hope and that feeling of encouragement, I really just started doing research and like, and then I would like find like an article about how, you know, um, how OCD works in the brain and how there's different ways that you could um, force yourself to kind of move past it. And some of those were like making yourself, because some people have tics about needing to check the doorknob like five times before they leave or they have to turn the light switch on like 20 times and then if it lands on up then they have to do it again until it lands down like people it's just all this manifestation basically and so um so one of the things like I did was I would start wearing my jeans like I would put a belt on to make them tighter so that I had to deal with the uncomfortableness of my hip feeling like it needed to be adjusted, but I was able to be like, okay, it's physically not hurting me. Like I don't have, it's not doing anything to me. If I don't adjust it, it feels weird. And I feel like I need to, but I don't have to. And so then that was, I was able to push myself with my food, you know, and, and start eating things differently or changing the time by like 20 minutes. Right. And that felt completely out of control for me. I mean, this sounds so crazy, but this is like how, what a grip it had on me. So I would like try to like push myself to eat 20 minutes later than the day before. Right. And so Mm -hmm. these little things, um, and just really trying to be aware of what was I thinking and what was I feeling and how to really get a grip on the thinking part of it because our feelings normally are coming from something that we're thinking about, whether it's like presently, or we're thinking about something from the past, or we're thinking about things we want for the future, our feelings are, are, are a, um, a reflection of everything that we're thinking about. So I really tried to really spend a lot of time in my Bible. That's really when I started, I had never had like a morning routine or a set apart time to like read my Bible. I never did that until this started happening. And so I started, once I was trying to change my habits, I just knew that that was important. Like if I don't change my habits, then nothing's going to get different and, it, and it's not going to feel any better. And so I really tried to be intentional about, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to read a chapter out of the Bible. And I had no like 
died, I was fine. I would just kind of open my Bible literally and just like kind of do the whole like put your finger on a map and decide where you want to go for vacation. Yeah. I kind of just did that. And yeah. um and but I just found that it helped me just to be like, okay, my point of today is God. The point of today is not to be bound by these rules I've set for myself. And um I just noticed just a, a softening of all those triggers where it just didn't you know, I could go an hour without adjusting my hip. I could wait an hour extra to eat and it wasn't bothering me. And so slowly over time, those things kind of melted away. And that seems like, oh, well, that's great for you. Um, but sometimes that doesn't always happen for people. And I think that that is just the difference. Like for some people, you're going to find a rhythm or a change or an intervention that is like a light switch. And then for others of us, it's going to require like an hour by hour intention you know to like Mm, work on it and to think through it and so there were a couple verses that I always just had um I'm not good at memorizing scripture at all (laughs) it's a skill I really want to have um but at in this time of my life there were three verses that just really I used and I really did memorize them because when I would start to feel anxious about that I would just like repetitively recite those um, in my head, you know, and just, and they all were kind of focused on mindset. And like one of them was Isaiah 26, three, you will keep him in perfect peace. whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I would just say that over and over again. Cause it's like, if I can just keep my mind on God, you know, all this uncomfortableness and all this OCD and anxiousness can't live in the presence of God. So I would just try to like, I mean, there were some times I would just literally like close my eyes and just have to say it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until that feeling of needing to adjust my hip passed, for example. Um, And so, I mean, honestly, just by the grace of God and like him revealing to me, our brains have the capacity to learn and change and they're permeable, like they're not firm. I hate that adage that people say like old dogs can't learn new tricks. Um, mm, yeah. because we can, um, God has given that, uh, given us that ability. And like one cool science thing is, I mean, every night that we sleep, we make, we wake up and there's brand new brain cells that have no connections that are brand new, like waiting to be taught for the day. And so having that in mind, helped me so much because I'm like, okay, I can learn something new today. I can learn a new thought. You know, I can learn a new truth of what his word says. And that's going to take precedence over all of this anxiousness and worry and angst that has built up in my mindset. That's, it's fascinating that you like dove into the research and like did it all yourself. Like you're like, we're so, you know, at the end that you're like, no, I'm going to take back the reins. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might be a little bit of my, like, Enneagram one. (laughs) 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 I have a really bad tendency to, like, control everything and not let anyone else, like, do that. But I knew also, like, that's what had gotten me to that, like, you know, trying to have all this control when, when, you know, it started for me being so homesick and feeling out of control. But, yeah, that was definitely um, something... Yeah, I think it's funny that you recognize that because that is so true. I was like, no, I, I can do this. But I really think it was just, it's probably a little bit of, yeah, just 
a little bit of my flaw, but it came in it came in clutch at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely, that is definitely one of the benefits of of that for sure. And then, and I want to circle back to one thing that you said earlier, and you kind of just said it in passing, but you said, you know, that it sounds crazy, but I think that you and I both know that it, it really doesn't because it's really not that uncommon. Mm-hmm. And just because your specific um, tics or habits were specific to you, does they don't sound crazy because other people have a similar um, experience, maybe just a different tendency or tick or or whatever yeah so I'm just thinking like as much as we're just like wow like astounded and in awe that it's really not that uncommon and that's like what's so heartbreaking but that's what makes the miracle of um that spiritual discipline turn into healing so awesome yeah exactly that's so true I mean if we can really marry our conscious awareness um, with our subconscious, we can make so much progress towards the things that we feel God's calling us to do or things that we just have general interest in. Um, so many of us are just allow, allow our minds to kind of dictate what we're doing, you know, or we use the, yeah. we use the phrase like, well, I'm just, I was just born this way. Um, we are all born with certain, you know, disposition, but we can all be taught different things, right? And we can always, like, change. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's miraculous, really. Yeah, absolutely. So present day, is there something, do you ever find those thoughts kind of creep back in? And, or, or just how do you stay confident in general for, on, in your current life? Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely not above having ticks come into play or my anxiousness or my depression. Um, those are things that kind of ebb and flow. And I think for me at this point in my life, I've kind of gotten a handle on what I need to do preventatively to kind of help those seasons stay further and further apart. Um, And I think one of the biggest things for me is understanding that I have the ability to have choice. And what I mean by that Mm -hmm. is um, a lot of us believe that like our circumstances dictate what what we're going to do. So whether we use our circumstances as an excuse or we use it as fuel is up to us. Um, we always hear that phrase, like you can't control people. You can only control how you react and respond to them. Um, that's something I didn't really have an understanding of until having to walk through this and really understanding that being mindful. And what I mean by that is basically just being present and what's going on and knowing that there can be like really crappy circumstances going on and you need to, you can't be an automaton like you can't be in a robot and just go through the motions like feelings are feelings feelings are real you're there's no way around them but what I've learned is to understand that feelings are temporary and that that knowledge comes in so handy when I'm going through a really hard process it lets me feel the emotion and like process it and say okay I'm feeling really grieved right now 
and I'm hurting and I just need to cry and I cry and then I get past that initial wave and I'm like, okay, what? I always just ask myself, like, what is going on? Okay, what are the facts about what's happening right now? And that helps me because I try to use that as a way to think about things. You know, facts are the things that are unchanging. They're not how you feel. They're just the facts of the situation. So, you know, did I just lose someone I loved? And that's why I'm like really having a hard time this week. Um, Is my job, you know, do I have a project going on that I can't manage and it's falling apart and I'm very stressed about trying to meet the deadline? So what I always try to encourage myself and even my clients that I help life coach is just getting a grip on like, what are the circumstances that are happening? The facts, not the feelings. And then once mm-hmm. you know what your facts are, then you can kind of do an inventory of, well, what am I thinking about that? Am I like really angry that this is happening? Am I okay that this is happening? Am I confused? And so once you understand your thoughts about it, you can have greater compassion and empathy for yourself when it comes to all the emotions that you're having, but it also empowers you to change those thoughts. I mean, it's, you can't change that. Like I I keep saying grieved that we lost someone. I mean, I lost my uncle at the beginning of this um, year. And so Mm. walking through that was really hard because it wasn't something any of us wanted to happen. Um, he just yeah. got sick very quickly and basically had no shot at recovering. And so for us, it was like having to catch up with the fact that we were trying to help him navigate being sick and, and having hope that it would end well. And then it didn't and just trying to pick up the pieces from that. So instead of trying to you know, trying to stay in that thought of just grief and being angry and being upset, I recognize like, yeah, I have those feelings. But the facts are he was sick, and his body couldn't recover. And so what Mm -hmm. do I want to think about that? Like, I have you give yourself the permission to feel the emotion. But then you have to like, to be able to recover and recoup and, and move forward, because it is so easy to get stuck in your past. It's so easy. And it's so easy things in your present to be affected by your past and the only way you're not going to allow that to happen is one I'm going to say lean on Christ but number two having um the understanding that you get to live in the truth of what God says and so for me those thoughts that are really hindering me are harping on my state of being are things that I specifically can pray to God about so if I know what the facts are I know what I'm thinking about them I can say okay, I I know that I'm like super angry that this happened. Well, now I can take that to God and I can say, God, I'm extremely angry that this thing has happened and I need help dealing with it. So I know for me, it's really helped my prayer life because I can be a lot more pointed and detailed about what I'm praying over. And I can really see God work in that and soften my heart and help me to move forward and healing rather than just like being completely overcome by the crappy parts of life because we're all going to experience them. And so for me, like the stress factor, that always is something that I have to rein in. And so daily, I just try to do things like working out and writing things down so I don't forget them. And yeah, it's like praying daily. So that's how it kind of plays out in my daily life. Um, But if there's like a crazy season of something, that's when I really take that time to try to like journal it out. Like, okay, what are the facts about my situation? What am I thinking about those facts? And let's address those so that I can can get past this and not let it just consume me. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I love that. And, and I'm thinking about someone who is listening to this and there may be like, oh my gosh, me too. You know, like mm-hmm. I have been there. I have been, or I am there. I'm in this situation and I'm struggling. What would you say to them? You know, I would say it's okay. Um, It's okay that you're in that situation and you are not alone. And I think everyone wants to understand or know that this isn't unique to them. Your situation is unique, but what you're feeling and the emotions that you have, you know, there's other people that have experienced that too. And I know for me, like in comfort, Um, If you are a believer, knowing that God understands all of that, he came here as flesh and he knows all the different emotions and feelings and struggles that we have. He has an understanding of that. So I'd say first, um, writing down what you're struggling with and what it is that's bothering you and praying specifically over those things. Um, And then having having a support. um, and, And what I mean by that is, it can be very hard to be vulnerable and explain to people what's going on, especially if there's like shame or guilt, you know, revolving around that. It's really hard to like open up and tell someone. Um, And if telling someone means you're only speaking to God at first, then do that. But I also Mm. encourage you to try and reach out to a friend. Um, For me in my situation, I told, you know, Adam at the time, I said, okay, like I have a plan, like I did this research and I have a plan. I'm going to start kind of like implementing these things daily to help me push past, like specifically for my OCD. And I kind of had him hold me a little bit accountable or he, you know, as in like we would have dinner planned and he would know, like normally I had to eat at five thirty. That was my dinner time. And so, you know, he would say, okay, I know you want to eat at 530. Let's eat at 545 today. And it's like, we would make it like something fun. So I just say that to say, like, I had the support of him, like, understanding that I'm walking through this. And he would ask me, like, how are you feeling? How how has your day been going? And so just having that, like, check-in person um, was very helpful for me going through that. And so having some sort of support system, I say, I would say is a great tool. Um, And if you don't, if you're not comfortable with that, it's okay. Um, And I get that, but do yourself the favor and take the time. And I'm going to like mention journaling and it sounds like such a like little squeaky little answer, like journal and it will be okay. (laughs) But what I want to encourage you to do is when you're journaling, like have no agenda just write down what you're thinking about. And that really is very helpful. And you kind of seeing like, oh my gosh, like I'm having this like ludicrous thought, like one of mine at the time I mentioned before is like that my brother was going to get killed in a car accident. Like, could that happen? I mean, yeah, it could, but like I had manifested that it was going to happen. Like I literally felt in my bones, like it was going to happen. And so when I wrote that down, it's like, there's no evidence to this. Like, it's not like, you know, I know for a fact, if he goes to drive home from school today, that he's going to get in a wreck. Like no one's telling me that's going to happen. Right. There's not someone sitting on the other side of the cross section right now, ready to run into him. Like this is ridiculous. And so I kind of had to use that time, like to journal on my thoughts, to really understand, like kind of where I could see that brokenness, like that just kind of craziness. I don't want to say crazy because I know that that can be a sensitive word. Um, but 
seeing the the thoughts that were not serving me. Let's say, let's, let's describe yeah. it as that. These aren't serving me. Like I'm being obsessed over this and there's no truth to it. It's not a fact. And so I would, I would say, you know, start to journal and see what comes out from that. And those can, that can help you talk to other people. Like this is what's going on in my head. It can also help you um, pray. And then obviously I'm going to say like your health is super important. And I didn't really touch on this because this could be a whole episode in and of itself. But be mindful of what you're consuming, because if you're eating a bunch of junk food and not eating healthy food and you are, you know, staying up too late and doing things that aren't good for your body is going to make all of that, that uh, mental struggle. It's, it really is going to affect it. I mean, it's a big one. It's a big deal what you're consuming and like healthfully how you're taking care of yourself. So a couple of simple things I will say is drink a lot of water, like work up to trying to drink a gallon of water a day. That will help you so much with focus and energy and clarity, which will help you kind of wrangle in those wild thoughts. Um, and try to move every day. You know, you don't have to do like yeah. a CrossFit workout, but like just going on a walk for 20 minutes. I mean, it'll, it'll do a lot for your body. Absolutely. I'm like a water psycho and yes. I'm so I'm glad you said that so there's two people my friends Jamie and Emily I'm not Jamie and Emily Jamie and Sarah <laughs> I have them uh send me their water like they're they're like look at my water intake and I'm like I'm so proud of you I'm huge on that so I couldn't agree more and I love these tips and because you gave us you know such great advice we want to serve you and um the best way we know how to do that is pray for you so how can we as a Wild Confidence community pray for you specifically in this season? Oh, in this season, I would say just helping me have um, clarity and wisdom on different projects that I've been working on kind of behind the scenes for um, my podcast, The Thought Vault, and like just the community behind that with my life coaching. I just really want to help others. And so just praying over, you know, my podcast, which is all about mindset and stuff, if you haven't caught on by that, on that by mm-hmm. now, but um, that and just my life coaching, helping, helping serve those that um, need it, really. Yeah, absolutely. We can do that. And then where can we keep up with you? Where can we hang out with you online? Yeah, so um, like I said, I've got the podcast, The Thought Vault. You can find that anywhere on the apps. Um, I love Instagram. You can find find me at by Emily Vermillion, B-Y Emily Vermillion. Um, and uh, that's probably the best place. I'm also on Clubhouse now. Um, but yeah, just find me on Instagram and we'll connect. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so excited for everyone to hear this. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time today and having this conversation. Um, I think the best phrase or takeaway that I'm keeping in mind is that feelings aren't facts. And um, I'm just excited to learn more and keep uh, following you and keeping up with everything you're doing. So thank you so much for hanging out today. Thank you so much, Ainsley. It was so much fun being on the Wild Confidence Podcast. I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to connecting more, girl. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. 
And my website is ainsleybritton.com. See y'all later.